For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham. Because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's three up top this evening, and that means leading the line from the front and wearing the captain's armband is Carl. So, Carl, how have you been since we spoke a week ago? Yeah, quite good, thanks, Dan. Um, you know, some mixed performances uh, since we last spoke, but looking forward to getting into this one with you guys this evening uh, and getting Darren's views on all things Spurs. Fantastic. Also joining us, of course, is James. James, how have you been, mate? Yeah, very similar. Um, obviously, a little bit of a disappointing one yesterday, but plenty to talk about, as always, which is great. And, of course, making his return and earning his hat-trick ball for his third appearance on the show is former Tottenham star Darren Anderson. So, Darren, it's been a few months since we last spoke, but I hope you've been keeping well. Yeah, keeping well, thank you. Hope you all are as well. Yes, all good here, mates. Right, before we get into the, the talk of the show and all that, I'll do the social media bits first. So, as always, don't forget to subscribe to the Coming New Spurs app, where the podcast is available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at cys underscore com. And we're on all the major audio platforms, that's Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. If you're not on one, let us know and we'll get it on there for you. Right, so let's get down to business. And that business usually starts with Cole. But Cole, are you OK if Darren takes the first question this evening? Yeah, we, you've got to let someone with some proper football knowledge have a go at answering some of these this week, Dan, <laughs> rather than my, my rambling. So the floor's open to Darren there, mate. Fantastic. So Darren, obviously after such an impressive trio of performances in the Premier League, the task was obviously to keep things going against Crystal Palace, one that we didn't quite hit the same heights as per usual. So on the strength of such a showing, in your eyes, is that one point gained or two points dropped? Well, I think it has to be two points dropped after you, after you win in the game and after the way that we've defended in the last uh, month or so. You know, you really don't see us conceding goals and it's fair play to... To Palace, I wouldn't say that's you know normally their strength, is it? Is um, you know obviously scoring goals and that sort of thing. They're pretty solid themselves normally, but uh, they you know they, they had a right go, and that's what teams will do, of course, in the Premier League because there's no easy games. But uh, you'd have to say they caused us you know more problems in the second half probably than you know than Arsenal did last week. So you got to give them credit. But as I say, once you know that team at the moment goes what one nil ahead, you really do fancy them to get the three points. Now, James, if we were to record a podcast at, say, five o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, the narrative would be slightly different. We'd all be in a bit of a huff. But, of course, Liverpool's slip-up has eased the mood ever so slightly. So, for you, are you sort of thinking glass half full or glass half empty? Um, I mean, I'm going to be the pessimist. Unfortunately, it's still empty for me, <laughs> okay. I think. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm not sure if that was the answer you were looking no, for. No, no, I mean, no. There's no wrong answer. I think... <laughs> I think it's a massive opportunity for, for us to, to have gone points clear at the top of the table. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really happy with the way that we performed in the second half. I think we've, we've kind of been asking for, a, for something like that to happen to us for, for a little while. Um, you know, if you, if you play football in the way that we play football against Palace, then, you know, it's a little bit naive to think that you're not going to concede a goal or, you know, a freak goal from a set piece like that every now and again. Football is it's all about moments at the end of the day. And, and Palace you know, just got a moment. That's 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 all that, that you need to level up a game. And I think it's naive of, of Mourinho and naive of our defenders to think that we can sit back the way we sit back and, and just assume that, that Palace aren't going to get a moment <laughs> because that's exactly what they got. Um, 
so yeah a big big opportunity missed for me because I think if we do push on then we get that second goal we kill the game uh, and obviously what happened at Anfield it means that that we well sorry at Craven Cottage got completely the wrong stadium there um, but it, I think it's a big opportunity missed for us to, to take points you know and, and I think we're going to look back at games like this one and games like Newcastle and West Ham and we're going to be kicking ourselves come the end of the season OK then Carl if James is half empty can we look at the bigger picture and say that in football you're not going to win every game in a season you know I know Liverpool Man City have done heroic efforts in getting you know close to 100 points but usually there are going to be points dropped along the way and it was one of those weeks not just for us but for all of the traditional big six so the fact we're still top we don't have a considerable margin but is that what really we should not be overlooking at this present moment in time I think, like as you say, Dan, you know, with hindsight now, we're, we've got the luxury aren't we, of knowing that Liverpool kind of slipped up. Um, and then you can sort of look at a bigger picture and think, well, do you know what? If there was going to be a week to drop points, if the dropping points comes where you actually pick up one and, and, you know, don't completely forgive away all points, away from home, a, a place that people will say is a difficult venue to go and Palace can be a difficult team and put up a fight, as we've said then you might sit there and just say, well, look, actually, you know, we did drop points. I, I think, you know, the second half performance is a performance that I've got particular issues with, given, you know, what I think Jose did on the day and the way certain players in the team are playing at the moment. Um, I'm sure we'll delve into those in a little bit yeah. more. But I think you can sit there and say, well, OK, we dropped some points, but we still we still didn't lose which, again, was probably is, is a main thing you can look at. We get fortunate with the way other results go, so we are still top. But I do think there's been some signs in the last couple, you know, maybe the last three games that although we've played well, I still think, you know, for me, the second half performances are becoming slightly worrying around the fact that we seem to drop off so much in the second half of games. Because in the first half of that game, you, you couldn't moan. You know, we did everything right, I think. You know, we, we played well. We looked on top of the game. And at half time, you go in thinking, I, you know, if we continue to play this way, we're likely at a second or you don't see us losing. It's for me, the worry is lately is that step off the gas the way we do so much in the second half of games. But we can sit here now, thankfully, and say we're still top. We didn't completely throw all the points away. So, again, it is one of them where you go, it could have been worse, but it, it should have been better. Darren, if we sort of use a bit of theory here, would the mindset be different if it was, say, week 34 of the season, the same results have taken place, and we're not necessarily worrying about the opportunity missed, just the fact we're still top. So is it the fact we're in week 12 and you're sort of trying to get a gap going that's the sort of the reason that people are perturbed at this present moment in time. Well, I think that the, the problem is that, of course, the performances against the you know the last three games against the you know top teams, and we've beaten them, and we've beaten them as such pretty you know Arsenal and City pretty comfortably, I thought, and looked very comfortable. The Chelsea game, I didn't really think that Chelsea were going to break us down. I just have you know when Mourinho came in, that's kind of it's what I expected. I mean. And I'm sure that a lot of fans did. And that was probably why there was a little bit of a, a worry as to how things would go. But the re reality is, of course, we'd all want to be top of the league. So it's a, it's a difficult one. You do want to be top of the league. But if you want to stay there, and if you're a team that wins the Premier League, you're probably going to go to places like Palace and win. And to, But to be fair, we have gone to West Brom. 
gone to Burnley, which are similar type games, you know, not not nice places to go and playing against teams that just are very, uh, and they're knocking very long and make it difficult to play against. And you, and you win ugly. And I just think that we all like to see Spurs play in a certain manner. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, you know, we'd like to win the Premier League. And I think you've got to trust the manager with that. But I, for one, was not getting carried away with, you know, beating Man City or, you know, beating Arsenal. For me, those games are all about getting in front. And then I really believe that we can go on and win those games. Now, when we play against other teams and we got to go and break them down, then, you know, it's a different it's a different game. Uh, or if Man City score first or Arsenal score first or Chelsea, can we go and break them down? I believe we've got the players that can do, but I just believe that's the way Jose likes to play. Um, he came in originally and, you know, we played certain games. And I just think you've got to look at the West Ham game and I think he's just gone, all right, that's enough of that. You know, this is the way we're going to do it. And to be fair, look, the results, you can't argue with. I'll stay with you then, Darren, because obviously with Tottenham being top, it doesn't absolve yesterday's performance. We can't just sort of just ignore the fact that we weren't firing on all cylinders. So how much of that result is down to, shall we say, fatigue? You consider it's been, what, seven fixtures in three weeks. Is that going to get you at some point? Well, I think it will do, but I don't think it. I don't think I put it down to fatigue. I, I, when I look at the squad, I think we've got a great squad, lots of top top class players that can come on, and that sort of thing. I just I, I put it down to um, the manner in which we play, and in the last three weeks, we've got results playing that way. But I think that you know, like uh, like we said earlier, if you do play that way, you do encourage people to come on to you, and people do put the ball in the box. You are going to get a bad bounce or a bad ricocheting. You're going to, at some point, you are going to concede. You, you know, you are running, you know, you're riding your luck a little bit. When you're playing Crystal Palace, for me, I don't mind, you know, you're 1 0 up, let them come on to you because I think we're great on the counter attack. But I didn't think that we had that in mind. We should, once we go 1 0 up, think, yeah, here we go. Yeah, we can sit here and let them come at us. And now we hit them on the break and go and beat them two or three. And that's the disappointment. So, James, if we were to try and use some form of mitigating circumstance and we sort of reference that as fatigue or not as sharp as we would like to be, how much of an issue will that be in the weeks ahead, especially over the festive period? Is this the point where we've been talking about squad depth over the past few weeks? Do they have to now really start being the supporting cast that we hope to be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking at how many games we've got in a short space of time, it's going to be really important. Those players who, who you know, have been playing Europa League week in, week out and haven't looked like they've, they've been performing and they haven't been knocking on the door of the first team, um, it's really important that they start stepping up now. Um, you know, you look at that, that midfield trio, it looks like La Celso might be knocking on the door there, but elsewhere on the pitch, there's, there's not too many options. Um, you think, you know, people people might be, might be chopping and changing and, and might be fighting for their starting place. Um, you know, Steven Bergwijn has, has obviously done a, a really good uh, defensive effort. He's, he's, he's absolutely worked worked his ass off in, in that position, but he hasn't really produced any anything going forward, if you, if you ask me. So there's there's definitely a space up for grabs there. Um, and in defence, we we know that Toby Toby isn't going to be able to play every game. Um, so there's probably another start another slot at centre back at some point. There's some Premier League minutes there. So you're looking at our bench, you're looking at our squad and thinking who is going to be able to make make the step up because we can't play the same 11 week in, week out. You know, Liverpool might have done that last year, but look at how it's decimated their squad now. 
So, you know, it's going to have to be a little bit of man management from Mourinho. And, and he, you know, you're going to have to look at the likes of Deli Alley, um, you know, your likes of Gareth Bale even to, to start stepping up and, and prove that they can, they're worthy of getting minutes on the pitch in the Premier League as well as in, in the lesser, com- in the less, lesser com- uh, competitions because, you know, these guys can't play every minute of every game, which is unfortunate, but, it, but it's, it's a sad reality. Cole, in terms of the game itself, what did you make of the opening goal? Admittedly, it was something out of nothing, but at that point, was it something that we deserved? Yeah, I, I thought we'd been knocking at the door, hadn't we? You know, I'd say the, the first half, I was quite impressed with the way we were playing. You know, we were getting lots of space out on the wings, weren't we? You know, Aurier and Regulon were kind of finding oceans of space and getting the ball. Um, and you're thinking, OK, right, this is great. We've got those out balls. Um, you know, and Dembele had come really close to scoring before and the keeper, you know, uh, makes his weldy appearance as they all do against Spurs, don't they, when they put the shirt on, unfortunately. Um, but, but we were looking really good. Um, and then obviously, you know, the one goal we do score is the one moment where the keeper kind of makes a bit of a hash hash of everything. And yes, you could say it slightly moves, but I don't think it moves enough where it should be catching him out the way it did. Um, but you get that goal and you take that bit of fortune and you kind of think, well, yeah, the way the game is going here, I'm feeling really confident about getting the result. Palace were, you know, Palace weren't out of the game at all. You know, they they had created some decent chances. You know, Eze was looking really good. We know Sahar's always a threat. But I didn't, you know, apart from the odd shot, the Lloris made a good save from Eze um, and obviously Palace hit the post. But apart from that, you kind of felt reasonably solid and comfortable at the back. Um, so there was no complaints in the first half. And let's say Harry's always willing to take a take a shot from that distance. Won't be one of his best, but he'll take the end result, that's for sure. Well, Darren, we've waxed lyrical about Harry Kane on this show for months now. And we're running out of ways to describe his transformation from last season to this. So in your eyes, what is he doing differently than, say, six months, 12 months ago? Oh, I mean, for me, Harry's been top man for for years and it's not just how he's playing this year I just feel like he's he's just get, getting a little more experienced he's he, you know he's his knowledge of the game and he, he just he, he can do it all and we, we've been saying that for years anyway that that he is the complete player and you know he's always set up goals the thing is now I just think that Sun has been a little bit more even more positive than he has been in in the past where he just wants to make that running behind and you know the way that we were playing earlier in the season. I feel like Harry kind of just took it on his own to say, "Right, I'm going to sort this out." Because let's be honest, when we played Southampton away first half, we were absolutely dreadful and could have been three or four down. And he just took the game by the scruff of the neck and went bang, bang. You know, great balls, different class, and then you end up getting ahead in a game, which you probably should the game should be over going the other way and the players then get confidence and go on and, and batter a team like Southampton. So he can do it all. He's just clever. He just, you know, he does remind me of Teddy in many ways in that when Teddy first came uh, to the club, he would play up up top. Nicky Barnby would play, play in behind and over the years, he evolved into the player that we all knew he was and I just see a similar thing happening with Harry at the moment that even though he does come into those holes, and wants to set things up and, and be the playmaker, he also still gets in the box and gets his goals. Well, James, when it comes to Hume-Min's song, fair to say rare off day. Now, is that off day simply because he's raised his own standards? You know, the expectation levels are so high 
that he just failed to meet it yesterday? Or was there something a bit more underlying at Selhurst Park? I think he, he probably would have grown into the game um, had we actually attacked at all in the second half. If we'd have, if we'd have carried on uh, in the same vein that we started the first half, I thought we, that, that first 20 minutes was as good attacking-wise as we've been all season. I think it was just a matter of time before we broke Crystal Palace down. I thought we were really, really good. Uh, and then, as the guys had mentioned, we, we kind of just took our foot off the gas and and, and that's where Sonny doesn't really shine unless he gets gets the chance to, to break on the counter. But I think that's that's what, where this performance differed from, you know, the likes of the, the Man City game is that we were so sloppy when we actually had possession. Um, when we actually got the ball back from Crystal Palace, we, we weren't really very concise in our in our attack. We didn't really look to keep the ball. Um, and so Sonny didn't really benefit from the fact that we were kind of just smashing it long or, or just, you know, trying to just giving it back to Crystal Palace even. So I think he it wasn't really the game for him. Um, I think he he probably won't have enjoyed it very much. Um, but these games are going to happen, and we know how this is going to be. This is going to be it under Jose, and the, the you know the guys have said it already. I think it's these games are going to happen where they where they frustrate us and the the other team nick a goal because we can't expect to to sit back and, and not concede a goal for you know for three or four games in a row. It's going to happen. The bounce to the ball, the way the way that football works is that the the this side is going to get a bit of luck at some point, and that's that happened with you know with that that perfect free kick and and Hugo unfortunately spilling the ball. Um, so I think obviously Sonny, I think he would have grown into the game. I think he would have got an opportunity, and he probably would have grabbed the goal if we continued playing the way that we we started the game. But it, it didn't happen, and I'm sure I'm sure he'll you know he'll have a he'll have a bit more energy in the legs than than usual. Um, going into the Liverpool game, and hopefully that'll be a bit more of an open game and one that he'll be able to get on the ball more, and and, and overall he'll he'll enjoy it more. So, Carl, how much of yesterday's result is down to lack? Sorry, down to luck or a lack of luck? Because even in the first half, we had a lot of chances, and after the error that Guaita made, he was quickly atoning for those errors. You know, made what two, three half decent saves. That's not including the Ndombele one either. So, is it a case of? We can't be too despondent because he did have a lot of chances, and it's just a goalkeeper having a outstanding performance. Yeah, well, we you know we did create some chances, but then at the same time, you know, Palace created their fair few chances as well in the game, so it wasn't like they've scored from their only attack. Um, but we did create chances. I think the thing that I think disappoints all of us is you know the lack of intensity in the second half where it seemed like you know okay we've got one let's just try and see this out now without doing too much up top and we showed as soon as it got to one all and we then suddenly thought oh hang on you know that was the wake up call and let's go and try and win this game now after that goal we then suddenly created three or four chances in quick succession and you kind of left sitting there thinking why did it take us until this long to get going again, rather than coming out and thinking at the start of the second half, it's only one. And, you know, let's face it, we've been punished more than enough so far in the last few games, you know, a few games this season, haven't we? By thinking, you know, one goal might do it for us. 
and we'll just see if we can hang on. You know, if we, we should have learned by now that in the Premier League, and as Darren has said earlier, that's not the case. You know, each team has, has got the ability to create one bit of magic or one bit of quality that can suddenly then mean the game is suddenly thrown in the mix again. And at that point, it's too late for you to respond. And and that, for me, was the annoying bit. I felt Jose responded far too late with what he did to make changes. And again, what annoys me about that so much is when you consider what he's doing in the Europa League games when he sees things aren't working and the changes he's making and the way he's doing them in the Europa League games, you know, even in, in the week, you know, we go one up and at that point he makes subs to kind of, you feel, put a message across. I was left a little bit miffed as to why he kind of, if you like, sat on his hands for so long when you've got players like Stevie Bergvine who, yes, he works really hard and he tracks back, but when the guy's not offering you anything going forward, I think at that point you sit there and maybe say on the 60th, 70th minute, when we could all see what was coming, I would have thought a manager like Jose makes a change just to let certain players know, listen, don't know what you've what's happened in this second half, but this is not good enough and we're going to end up being punished here. So I'm making a change to send a message across. And, and that, for me, was the most disappointing bit about yesterday's game. Goalkeepers will always have weldies and always pull off some good saves. Um, but we really should have probably been making sure that pressure came a lot earlier and that we'd managed to get that second. Because let's face it, if we'd got the second, we weren't losing that game at all. You know, it's like with the Arsenal one uh, the week before. The minute we got that second just before half time, you kind of knew that was the match won. Um, so that was what was really disappointing for me in that week. Well, that's the. Yeah, Sorry, Darren. I think that. I th- yeah, I think that. That if you look at that, it, um, the game, and if you just took how Spurs played up until, up until we went ahead, and then how we played after, you would take that all day long the performance. But it was what happened in between, which is when we go one nil up, and I, I do believe that is something that does come from the manager, and I think the manager is happy with how we are sitting deep like that to just try and see out a game. Now, when you play against maybe Arsenal, Man City, Chelsea, they play a certain way where they're trying to almost pass the ball into the net and look for that perfect goal and pass, pass, pass. When you play against someone like Palace, you give them that opportunity to be in the final third, they will put balls in the box. And that's when, you know, anything can happen, a little ricochet, and that's what, what's happened. So I think it's a difficult one when you think talk about people like Bergwijn, who he's obviously a really talented player. There's no doubt about it. And we've seen that from him. Uh, at the moment, he's being asked to do what he's doing, and that is use all his energy going back towards his own goal. And as disappointing as that is to see as fans, because you, you know, you want to see him do that. That you know, the things like he did against Manchester United and scoring those got that goal. As a player, especially as a wide man, like I know, if you've got a manager, tell you know, first and foremost, this is what you do. You know, you track track back, and it's you know, two banks of four, and then you know, we play on the counter attack. Hey. I was a wide man. That's the last thing I want to hear. I want to be, get, get, you know, down, you know, I want my fullback to say, no, 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 leave him. I got him. And then when we win the ball back, there you go. I'm, I'm away and at, at the fullback. So it is a difficult one. I do feel for him at the moment. Okay, that's answered the question from our good friend Patrick. So thanks for sending that in, um, James. I've got a question for you now. In terms of the midfield, the personnel, is it a double-edged sword when you play protectors like? Hjordberg, Sissoko in the middle. It works perfectly, as we've seen against Arsenal, City, Chelsea. But it's not really a one-size-fits-all against the likes of Crystal Palace. And because of that, should changes have been made much earlier? 
Yeah, I think I think it's what I mentioned before on the pod is that when we were speaking about whether Lo Celso and, and Dombele will ever get on the pitch together, um, I think look, there's there's no reason, there's not there's there's nothing wrong with with playing Hoiberg and, and Sissoko um, when we're when we're looking to soak up pressure and, and build from there because that's that's what the two of them have, have proven that they're perfect at. Um, Hoiberg is, is is an absolute must in that midfield because he, he holds everyone together and he plays such an important role but Sissoko we all know that he, he has his flaws and that, that most of those flaws come comes to the fore when when he's playing uh you know attacking football when he's when he's needed to pass the ball needed to dribble with the ball needed to you know use a little bit of, of football in brain power um and so that's that's where you want to be chucking on someone like Lacelso or maybe even Deli Ali, um, someone with a little bit more creativity to, to be able to break Palace down. And, you know, it, it sounds like a very simple thing. Um, you know, it's very football manager um, to say, but we can all see it. We can all see that, that Sissoko hasn't got that killer pass in him. Um, and, and, and although we all know that he does so much work off the ball, I, I think Giovanni Lacelso is a player who, who, who really goes under the radar in, in how much defensive work he actually does. So, if if Ndombele is going to continue in that number ten role, I think there's no reason why Lacelso can't can't play a, a more defensive role. You know, not not necessarily next to Hoybjerg, but but playing that role that Sissoko plays, where his main objective is to cover the fullback and and to to really help out defensively. We've seen that Lacelso is is no stranger to to a, you know a, a big tackle or you know a, a collision. He, he he likes getting stuck in, and I think that's part of his game that really goes goes under the radar you know in, in midweek he played I think he played in the midfield too so he, he clearly can do it he, he clearly he can clearly be trusted with the defensive responsibilities um, so you're absolutely right I think in games like this one where Palace seemed to be there for the taking that there, there wasn't much going forward for them I think if we maintain that that pressure a little bit further up the pitch with, with someone like ourselves so instead of Sissoko someone who can he can play that killer pass I think we, we, you know, as the guys have said, we would have got that second goal, and and then we we could have killed the game off. Um, but I, I think you know, I'm not I'm not here to, to slag off Sissoko at all because I think he's been absolutely brilliant. I just think he we all know his limitations, and I'm sure he does too. So he's got to be he's got to be one of those first names when when things aren't going right. He's got to be the first name on the on the substitute board to get someone else on there and, and make something happen. Carl, we've got another listener's question. It's from Joe Swash, and she asks, Do us as Spurs fans, have we got used to watching us sit back on a 1-0 and thinking, well, that's Jose's way? I guess it's a case of heralding it when it works, such as against Arsenal, City, Chelsea, and everyone says the system's great. But at the same time, it's a very obvious point of frustration when you get results such as yesterday. I think we all now know, don't we, that as we've seen from Jose in his past, and as Darren has said tonight, you know, he's not suddenly going to give up his, you know, his... Um, principles and the way he wants to play and just become gun ho and, and that's be that's be honest brutally honest we don't necessarily maybe want him to do that because the whole point of bringing Jose in is because you you've brought this manager in with a pedigree of winning things and he's done it a certain style so you're thinking well we want you to replicate that here now, I think as we've all said haven't we we can ex- you can accept that sort of sitting back and soaking up a lot of pressure and that in big games when you go okay Man City Liverpool uh, Chelsea is away 
that is a main view where you say, I don't mind sitting and soaking up pressure and getting a draw or nicking a one nil if it's ugly. I'll take that all day. I think we've all kind of thought, you know, the real thing that could prove the, the tipping point for Jose if he isn't successful is the way we play when we come up against it'd be like what we consider the lesser sides where you're thinking, well, we should be dominating this game. We shouldn't be sitting back and just kind of hold on to a one nil win. And as we've seen this season again, like we've said, the problem is in this league, you can't, you know, sitting back on a one nil lead is the most dangerous thing you can do because when you're going to come up against sides, you have the players like Andy Carroll, as Newcastle did, Ben Teke, like Palace do. As Darren said, they're not going to take the Man City approach, which is at no point are we going to panic and start lumping it into the box. We want to score the beautiful goal. And we've found we can defend against that. But you stick a big bloke up top and start sticking the ball in the box. And as we've seen with the new handball rules and that, it only takes that guy to win one header. The ball drops, hits a player on the arm or, you know, as I say, a set piece. All teams are good at set pieces and you become undone. So I think that's where we just want to see that, you know, like you say, the, the reins released a little and said, that's going to get two, three up possibly. Then we can sit back. Then I have no problem if we if we go two or three up and then suddenly, you know, we don't enter into the other team's half. I've got no problem with that because the game's done and dusted and we're picking up three points. Um, I just think we do have to be careful that we, you know, we don't suck into that trap of always just trying to rely on that, you know, one nil score line, that one goal difference and hope that we can see a game through because it's very hard to do that with equality in this league now. So, James, with that in mind, does a result such as the one at Selhurst Park allow the naysayers an element of, well, told you so, almost sort of shine for it against your own team? It's not to say they actively don't want Spurs to win, but they'll certainly feel justified in their sort of anti-Mourinho stance if we don't. I think it's it's age-old. When it's going good, everyone's happy with it. But then this result was always going to come at some point. You know, it was the not the wheels were going to come off, but it, it was always going to go wrong at some point. You know, and 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 as I said earlier, it, all it is 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 a bounce in a box, and and someone to be on the end of it, and and then all of a sudden it's all gone wrong. So I th- that's that's my worry is us messing around in our own half and 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 sitting back when when we've only got a one nil lead. Is that you know how how fast things can change in football? It's it's a it's a massive cliche, but we, you can concede a goal in a split second, and then the whole the whole game has been turned on its head and. I think the most frustrating thing for me is that look at look at how we finished the game. Look at that last five minutes. You know, we've we've made we've created two or three chances in the last five minutes that probably we could have scored from any of them. And that was just all that took was a little bit of urgency and a little bit of creativity in the final third. And and you know, it makes you think we could have put these guys to bed in the first half. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it gives the ammunition to to the anti Mourinho and the, you know the. <laughs> People who, who say they don't like our, our style of football, um, it gives the ammunition to them to to start to start criticising. And to be honest, I, I can kind of see it from both points of view. Um, you know, it, it was always I think I, the the resounding feeling for me was that it was always going to happen at some point. Um, if if you're going to try and defend a one 0 lead, then then it's, it, it always has the capacity to go wrong and. And it just it just happened to be this week. Um, you know, you never know. The might the same thing might happen against Liverpool in midweek. We might we might shut up shop and, and hit that on the break, and it will work out perfectly fine. But then you you know you're relying on on us to remain concentrated for for the remaining uh, you know half half an hour or however long it is, 
Um, and that's that can be a difficult thing to do sometimes. We we praised it after I think it was the Man City game. We said, look, the the Spurs defenders didn't lose their concentration for for ninety minutes, and that that's a very difficult thing to do. So you know, in the games going forward, it's to be expected that there can be a lapse in concentration or something can go wrong, and and all of a sudden, all your hard work of, of maintaining that one nil has gone down the pan, and you've got to start again. So. I can see I can see why some people can could be frustrated with with it, especially when we've got the attacking talent. Um, but it's it's one of them. If it's going to work one week and then not work the next, then you kind of have to just ha- take the highs and take the lows. So Darren, changing topic slightly to someone who didn't feature yesterday due to illness, and that man is Gareth Bale. So with a festive period approaching and full fitness still not quite there, should Spurs fans be slightly concerned at this stage or? Are you in the belief that good things will happen at the most important time of the season? Um, I certainly hope so. Um, and in terms of you know, fitness, it's not going to happen until he plays games and he plays a runner games. And I'm not sure that Mourinho trusts him to do that at the moment. I think that, you know, as I just said about Bergwijn, he trusts Bergwijn to to run back and to help the fullback and help his midfield. And I don't think he trusts um, Gareth Bale to do that. Gareth Bale knows what he's all about, and you know, he's a team player. But and he wants to do his stuff in the final third, going the other way. And um, a, you need your full fitness in order to do that in the, the best possible way. Um, you know, I want to see Gareth playing. I'd like, you know, we all want to see that front three, and we want to see that front three flying. Um, if that does happen, that is the case. Then the, of course, there's no there's no problem having those you know two players sat there in front of the back four uh, just protecting and not being as uh, creative going forward because you've got those three plus and Dom later to join in with them but uh, it's I'm a little bit worried at the moment in terms of you know what happens with Gareth I can I can only imagine he's probably very frustrated um, he's obviously come here to play football and and to show us you know what he's all about and, and, and the player that we all know he is and he hasn't really had the, the opportunity to do that yet I don't think well, if it stays like this, we might have to ask the difficult question, does he get a second season on loan? But we haven't got time to discuss that this week. We'll save that for another time. <laughs> but, Cole, we've got another question from our good friend Matthew Baldwin, and he asks, when push comes to shove, realistically, how many fronts do you think Spurs compete on trophy-wise? So we're in four as it stands. What's going to be the number come the end of the season? Ooh, good question. I mean, good. I'd like to think, you'd like to think realistically we could fight on at least three fronts and I don't see why we can't. You know, when you, if you look, that's, that's look at them. If you look at the Carabao Cup now, um, away at Stoke, you'd like to think we get through that tie and then you're into a semi-final. Um, where you're then sitting there thinking, well, okay, you're just a couple of games away in that competition to winning something. And that would be a great start and a great way to set the tone for the rest of the season. So I don't see why we couldn't go all the way in that competition. The Europa League, as we've seen, you know, we had the squad that we knew the, you know, the group stages were going to be ugly. They weren't going to be pretty. The opposition isn't, you know, the most glamorous. We knew we'd get through that was you know tighter than we'd hoped it would be but we're through and now we enter the knockout stages and again when you look at the sides in that there's no reason why we can't go deep and and possibly all the way in that in that competition um the next one you've got the league if you look at how we're playing at the moment there is the question mark around whether we can keep that going because the biggest question mark in the league for me is Kane and Son, can they keep that going? And at the moment, if those two face a dip in form, 
I struggle to see anyone else who steps up to kind of give us the goals and the input that helps us win enough matches to possibly win the league. Um, fingers crossed if we keep if we keep those fit and the whole squad fit most of the season and someone like Bow does come into it later on, then, you know, why couldn't we be in with a challenge? Um, and the FA Cup, we've got a great first draw away from home in a great, you know, in a great tie. Um, and again, you'd sit there and think, well, yeah, you know, we've got a side that on its day can go and give anyone a game as we've seen. Thinking you possibly be in deep in all four is wishful thinking, isn't it? Um, for me right now, I would take the league and Europa League <laughs> as the main two competitions to fight on those fronts. So if you had to kind of sacrifice a couple of competitions um, for the greater good, then I would take, you know, I would not worry so much about the Carabao or the FA Cup. And I, it hates, I hate to say that about the FA Cup because that is a trophy that traditionally we love at this club. But you've got to think bigger picture. And if things are going OK in the league and Europa League, then I'd rather see us sacrifice those lesser trophies um, to carry that and keep that momentum going in those. Well, I guess, James, on the same topic, it's only really a question you can answer in, say, March or April, because then you have to start sort of applying eggs into different baskets. We were in the, the round of 32, as Carl mentions, for the Europa League, a rather favourable draw against Wolfsberger of the Austrian Bundesliga. So if we are sacrificing something... It's Considering we're actually quite far in the League Cup, does that mean the FA Cup becomes a sacrificial lamb? Yeah, I, th I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, th I think we, we've got a, go a good couple of draws there. Um, and, and then the FA Cup is, is one that kind of comes bottom of the list. Um, you, you know, you never, never know what's going to happen in the next round of these cup competitions. Though, so so you, you, just, you just can't tell who you're going to bump into. Obviously, you've got the, the teams coming down from the Champions League and the Europa League as well. And you've you got to expect them to get to, to the latter stages. Um, I mean, and then and then there's the Premier League, which we're all forgetting about. You know, we're still in a in a title race there. I think, obviously, I was a little bit gutted that, that we aren't as as far away at the top as as we possibly could be. Um, but that could all change on Wednesday. So for me, I think at the moment, because of how well we're doing, I think that that has to be a, a priority because getting we need to be back in the top four. That that's an absolute priority. But I think this is the best chance that we've had for a long, long time to to actually challenge for the Premier League title uh, and if we can balance that with a, with a nice Europa League run then then what happens in the other cup, cup competitions then kind of comes a little bit secondary um, but yeah if, we, if we're choosing between the FA Cup and the League Cup I think the League Cup is obviously it's, it's, it's not quite the same as winning the FA Cup but if we, we have got that favourable draw um, it looks like it, it might be a, more of a, an easier option um, but yeah, I mean, it's really important that we. I think we we do lift some some silverware or at least reach a cup final. Um, but but failing that, I, I'd really really I'd like to see us really go for the Premier League title. I think it's it's there for the taking. If it's gonna if it's gonna be a year, it, it might as well be this year. Um, so yeah, any of any of the above really done. But but I think uh, the FA Cup probably comes bottom of the list. Okay, that leads us nicely to the final part of the show because on Wednesday there is a table-topping clash at Anfield and we've got a question now for Darren from Kelvin Fletcher and he asks, is Wednesday night the best chance that we have of getting something from Anfield, especially given their growing injury list? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you think about you know Liverpool over the last couple of years, they've been sensational and and at the moment, yeah, it's tough for them. They've got some really tough breaks and uh, you know key players that... that are out and they're missing and you know they're having to bring in young players and that sort of thing you know you, they've gone to Fulham and to be honest Fulham you know 
could have been two or three up. They played really well against them. Uh, Liverpool c- couldn't really live with them in that first half. So you'd, you'd have to say it's an opportunity to go there and get a result. There's there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know the way that we are playing at the moment, we are difficult to beat. There's no doubt about it. You know we're not conceding goals. Uh, Mourinho loves these sort of games. I can only imagine it's probably going to be a little bit similar to the Chelsea game. We're going to. You know, we'll go there and we'll be difficult to beat and we'll try and nick something on the counter-attack. You know, I, of course, I believe, in, in my opinion, we should you know, go there and try and win the game, but that may well leave us open at the back, which is obviously what Mourinho, that's the last thing he wants to do going up there. So it'll be a really tight game, another tight game. Um, but we have players, as do they, who can win games on their own with a little piece of magic. So hopefully it's, it's our boys that come out on top. So, Carl, we all know Mourinho's MO is win the big clashes at home, by and large draw the away ones. So, is that something he'll settle for at Anfield or is this really the opportunity to lay down a title marker? I think you have to be realistic, don't you, Dan? You know, as we say, Liverpool, given their recent success and the way they've been playing and the fact they'll be at home, um, I think you do have to be realistic and sit there and say, listen, it would be great to think we can go there and, and put them to the sword and, and come away with a win. But I think this is similar to the Chelsea game for me, where this is a real test of our mental capabilities and is one where you say, just do not lose. I quite happily sit back here and make it ugly, you know, not do nothing too expansive if we guarantee ourselves coming away with a point, because that is that is the key to being in this title chase and winning it. Go away to those difficult big sides, get a point at least, don't lose. And then, you know, you try to beat them at home. And obviously you take out all the smaller sides and you think you should beat them home and away. But this clash for me, again, I think this is a this is a real mental test for us and just say, OK, can we go to a big club where normally the view is will crumble and the pressure will get to us and, you know, the tag of bottlers and that will come out. And if we can go there and get at least a point, even if it's ugly, I think we are seeing a side that you could say, well, yes, this is a side now that, that you can feel confident, can go to the big grounds and just make sure they don't lose and then try to do the job at home. So I, I'm really looking forward to this one. You've got to hope that, you know, in, in theory, this Palace result may have come as a blessing. You know, it may be that, you know, not winning that game, Jose's given them a bit of a rocket you know, told him it wasn't good enough and we see a reaction on Wednesday night. Um, but for me, just do not lose. That's that's the key to this one. So ultimately, if I stay with you then, Carl, is it about keeping that momentum going? Because if we avoid defeat, that's 12 in the league in terms of a run this season and it just keeps that white machine ticking over, doesn't it? Yeah, it is, especially against the teams you're playing. You know, it, it, if you've steamrolled in all the smaller sides, you can have all the momentum, but it's it's going to be thrown at you. You haven't played no one yet. We could sit there after Christmas period and say, listen, Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, we've played them all and we've got results against them all. So there's no reason that can't set you up nicely and give you the confidence to finish the second half of the season and go on and win something. James, let's unfortunately assume the worst and let's say we do lose on Wednesday. Is it a result that defines the season? How much truly hangs on Wednesday's overall outcome? I think... You know, going going back to what I said earlier, this this season's a bit of a crazy season. So if even if we do go to you know go to Liverpool and, and lose, I think it's it's not all done for because three points can come out of anywhere in this current climate. You know, look at look at how well Fulham performed this weekend. 
um, you know, and and don't forget we've we've got to play them again at some point. So there's always the opportunity to to, to catch up the points. I, I don't think it would be catastrophic if we don't win. Um, I'm with Carl. I'd, I'd rather not lose this one and kind of maintain our position at the top of the table. Um, but I, I think you know, I think it, it's a massive opportunity for us if we are going to if we do come out on the right side of the result then it could be time to start believing and you know and i think then liverpool might start you know taking us seriously as, as title challengers so i think it's a it's a massive game but it's also not as make or break as it might seem so james i'll stay with you now because as a bare minimum do you want tottenham to turn up because we have been guilty in the past in these last couple of seasons especially of not turning up in the big six away days you know if you can sort of scrap and just come out as losers yes it's galling and yes it's annoying for the next couple of days what have you but at least you know there's something there there's a germ to to build on that and go again so is that the kind of you know honorable losers obviously we want more but would you take that as a worst case scenario yeah i, I think we we need to we need to turn up as you say um i think you know we, we showed in those games against chelsea and man city that that we can do it and we can defend and uh, and we can also nick a goal um but that was when we were playing at the height of our powers, and I think we need to prove that that we can we can do that consistently, because otherwise, you know, we are in danger of letting this position in the table slip. We're in danger of of teams kind of finding us out, or and uh, you know, learning how to play against us. Um, so I, I think it is it is really really important that we that we show up uh, and prove how much we we want this title. I think there's a, there's a lot of players who who are desperate for success at Tottenham. And they they need to to really show up and, and prove it. This is this is the biggest stage possible. This this could be the t- the title challenger, as we say. So you know, if if we are gonna if we are gonna go there and we are gonna gonna pull off a result, then it's it's a massive indicator that these players they do want to make something happen and they are serious about ch- challenging for the title. So Darren, much has been made of Harry Kane as of late, and he's backing in. Now, whether it's a foul or not, who knows? You know, it certainly generated a lot of talking at the moment. Do you think Liverpool will be mindful of this as a team, make an extra point of it, and will he have a target on his back because of it? Um, I'm sure they'll be aware of it, and I'll tell him tell their players to be careful and don't you know don't get sucked in. It's at the end of the day, it's clever play from Harry, which is what I was saying earlier. He's becoming more experienced, he's more cute, he knows how to play the game, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, they they will be aware of it, of course they will. But in terms of him being a target, yes, of course he is. I mean, he's the you know, best striker in. In in the country, he's, he's he's the main man for Spurs. We're top of the league. You know, Liverpool defensively are, are missing their main man in Van Dijk. So those players that are there, of course, they will be they'll be having team meetings and they'll be talking about you know Sonny and and Harry and how you don't give them an inch. So of course that 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 will probably happen every week now for the next five years, however long they're both at the club. They're they're world class players, and that's something that they they have to deal with and they do deal with. They don't worry about it. They get on with it and they play their normal game. So I have no worries in any way about Harry um, being given any sort of singled out for any sort of treatment from teams or anything like that. He looks after himself. He knows where to put his body and how to, you know, he'll get stuck in. He, you know, he's not going to get pushed around. And that's for sure. And that's what you want from your, your centre forward, from your captain and from your leader. I mean, he's, he's, he's our main man. So I'll stay with you then, Darren, because your opinion will be much more valued than mine, Carlo James's. We've had this debate last week, but in terms of that move, it's not unique to Harry Kane. So 
why is there so much focus on him? And is it really a foul, or is it just clever play that you know should be not commended, but it's just part and parcel of the modern day game? It's part and parcel of the modern day game, and the reason that everyone's talking about it is because everything goes to VAR and and that sort of thing. So that's all we talk about every week is refereeing decisions. We did before. We do it. 10 times more now so it, that that that's all it is and the fact that harry is you know you can look at look at it either way you know a, a foul can be given either way but for me if harry gets his body in the right position then that's that and if a player wants to you know get sucked into it then so be it and that's that it's a foul and it's given and the, and, and it's no big deal it's been happening on the continent and when you play international football you know you've got to deal with that sort of thing and as I say for me it's just experience and you know as far as I'm concerned you can carry on with it. Okay then Carl if we look at the battle areas if Tottenham are to get the better of Liverpool on Wednesday where will the game be won and lost? Oh, I think for, for us it's going to be won by Sonny and Kane turning up isn't it and taking advantage of, of their weakened defence um, you know those those two can score against the best. So we like to think, given Van Dyke's out, this gives us a great chance to kind of hurt them offensively. Um, and that's where I think for us that that's the obvious place where the game's going to be won and where you think Liverpool will focus most of their attention on trying to stop us. I think winning the game, we've just got to go to that Man City blueprint, haven't we, in Chelsea, where you've got Hoiberg and Sissoko dropping in between the centre-halves and the full-backs to make sure that you can't get those balls through to Mane and Salah um, because th- that's the real danger, isn't it? You know, you've just got to keep your eye on those two, um, defend nice and tightly. You know, we've got some pace on the left side, which I don't think we've had the last few times we've played them. And unfortunately, Ben Davis has kind of been caught out. Um, so we shouldn't be worried about pace. Um Aurier has been very good this season. So we just have to hope he has another one of them games. And Larice is, is on form and the two centre-halves are playing well. And that's hope we just defend as well as we have. Because if we do, then we've, we've got a chance in this game. Um, this will be a real tight one. You know, this could go either way, this game. And I, I don't think anyone could call it. Um, if we defend away, we know we can. And Harry uh, and Sonny are on form. We could just nick it and see us come away with a three points, hopefully. OK, James, if you're the boss, are you making any personnel changes from Sunday or are we going with what is, I guess, our perceived strongest eleven as of late? Yeah, no, I'm I'm going with the same team. I think everyone seems relatively fresh. There wasn't anyone who looked too leggy. Um, and I think that's, that's testament to Jose's rotation. So um, I'm, I'm going with the same team. I think Sissoko has to start, obviously, because of the, the defensive work rate and and how important he is when, we, when we've got our backs to the wall. Um, and then if it turns out that things are a little bit more open, then, then maybe Lo Celso can, can come on uh, in, place of Lissot, uh, in place of Sissoko and, and try and make a difference there. If not, then, then obviously I think we'll, we'll be seeing Lo Celso for the last half an hour like we have been. Um, and I think Bergwijn will, will be in again as well just because of his, his defensive work rate. Um, and then we'll probably see Lucas at some point. So I, I, can, I can see it being... Very, uh, very, very well. The exact same, actually, as Crystal Palace, um, and and the lads on the bench are going to have to have to come on and make a difference. James, staying with you, do you reckon there'll be any time or any opportunity for Bale? I think this this probably isn't the game for him. Um, uh, it's it's we a can't weird keep one saying that though, can we? Like we can't... I know, I know. We we've said it quite quite often, but I think he he has he's kind of lacking that 
off the mark speed that that we you know which is a weird thing to say about Gareth Bale because it was it was something that he was he used to be so you know so good at um i think there's not going to be the space in the game that 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 he he needs um to to play he's probably not as, I, I i don't know it just doesn't feel like the kind of game for him and i don't think he's going to be able to do the defensive work rate that that we need um on on the right hand side so uh, you know, as as much as I love him, I'm I'm going to have to say no. I think he he'll probably he'll probably get a run out at the weekend, but but probably not against Liverpool. Okay, then before we get to the predictions, I've got one more question for Darren, and it comes from our podcast regular squad member Holly and Jack Law. They both asked Darren, which current player would you love to be playing with during your time at Spurs? Um, I mean, for me, it's got to be Harry. Uh, I just love the way he plays um, plays the game. And especially the way you know the way this season he's gone to another level with that you know of course my reputation the uh, uh, the understanding I had with Teddy was one that everybody knows about and and I'd see this a similar thing happening if I was to play with Harry so I would love that I think he's world class in every aspect of his game and also the the lad he is he gets on with it he does you know he's not arrogant in any way he keeps his feet firmly on the ground and he's spurs thrown through fantastic answer right now it's time for the predictions so james i'll start with you mate what have you got for me for wednesday uh, i'm going to go for another one all um i think we we'll we'll follow a pretty similar vein from from the weekend i think we'll, we'll go, probably go one nil up and then we'll sit back and uh, and eventually i think Salah will probably go down in in the box and uh, the inevitable will uh, will happen. So yeah, one all. Okay, share of the points to you, Darren. How about yourself? I'm going to go for us to win one nil. I think we'll um, will be very difficult to to break down. Hopefully, and I just see with the quality we got up top, if we can just get on the ball enough and give a little bit of quality into Harry and Sonny, I think that uh, they should have too much for that that Liverpool back four. Okay, and Mourinho special in your eyes, Carl. What are you saying? Yeah, well, I must admit that Darren's thinking my way. You know, I thought after this result at the weekend that I could see us going and nicking a thirty-one nil and uh, sending all those Liverpool fans home crying, <laughs> and that would be the sweetest thing, wouldn't it? You know, it's our turn to have a bit of glory. They got the one over us on the Champions League, so I, I think we could go and nick this one nil. Actually, I'll go for a nick, but I'll go for two-one. So confident, but I mean, it's going to be a great game. Hopefully, whichever way it pans out. Right, that is full time. Just a very quick bit of admin. We're going to be back on Thursday with a bonus episode to dissect the fallout of that Liverpool game in what will be actually our 50th show. And with that landmark, we're going to do something slightly different. We're going to go across enemy, enemy territory and get a Liverpool fan on the show to get their view on things also. So keep your eyes and ears out for that one. And before we get to that one, I just need to thank my three great guests for the discussion this evening. So first up, Darren, thanks ever so much for your time again this evening. Have a fantastic Christmas and the feast of football that will come with it. Cheers. Thank you for having me on. No problem, mate. James, thanks for patrolling the middle of the park this week. And also, you'll be back Thursday, so stay fresh for that one. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Okay, Matt. And Carl, go and get your ice bath done because you need your limbs fresh for the midweek also. That's it, mate. Running those channels. Uh, Need to be fresh. But no, really enjoyed this one. And again, Darren, thanks for your time, mate. Pleasure. Right, so we'll be back on Thursday. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. And as always, come on, you Spurs. For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.